0: that I could bring him back. I guess i say I never thought of that. But well, all right, hold whole you might want to stay i back because one small John is coming intact. St. John Forward, spitting out some more words, fully intact, jacked, ready to rap and attack. Small John on your lawn, living like a gnome, hit you with
1: my lyrics like a bullet to your dome. Tonight when he
2: comes up here, he's either going to kill or he's going to suck, but there's no in between for Mr. John Forward.
0: I mean, I, well, that's what I've been trying to say the whole time. Welcome to St. John Forward Radio. My name is John Forward. I'm the host of St. John Forward Radio. That's how I got the job. I had the correct name for it. Um, this show is live every Monday night. Well, it's live most Monday nights from uh, 9 till 10 p.m. Here at the local 107.3 FM studios at the UMBSJ campus. Also live stream and video in glorious 720p on uh, John Forward Comedy on uh, Facebook and YouTube. So check that out. Um, here I am in the studio. I feel a little bit um, embarrassed for you all that... Uh, I forget what was even going on, but uh, last week I think I complained about having a rough day at work. Still does not compare to the roughness of previous job. Um, but uh, yeah, Monday, um, my Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday last week were so bad that I don't even remember what I was upset about on Monday. Um had uh, I'd, I'd signed up for a for a three days in a row job at uh, at a location that I've heard the legends about how terrible it is um, so it, it was a it was a bad place and I had myself locked in for uh, for three days in a row um, I believe after the second day they kind of they gave me an out that I could have canceled the third one but I decided to to go down with the ship just for the experience of it all i'm uh i'm an experiencer of experiences if nothing else so anyway that was uh that was terrible um undecided if i'm gonna go back to that location if if i if i probably if i mean if if i have literally any other option um i will take the other option but you know if it's between uh staying at home and not making a day's pay or going to the uh, hell on earth job then i'll put on some sunscreen and take a trip to hell um so anyway that's what's that's what's going on with my my vague work situation that will not be described in any great detail um if we're friends that i run into you i've got some stories but uh nothing for the radio Um, so, anyway, uh, aside from, uh, doing undisclosed jobs, I am also a, uh, a stand-up comedian. Uh, don't have a whole lot coming up. I've got, uh, I've, I've got, I think I mentioned this last week, I'm supposed to do, um, some sort of, uh, Rogers TV holiday thing with, uh, with Mandy Lynn Donovan this Wednesday. Um... It's TV, so it needed to be a clean set. Um, last week, I had no idea what I was going to do. This week, um, it's it still needs to be worked out, but uh, I've I've got some options for for a decent opener and closer, and then an okay bit that I have that I don't love, but it can be done cleanly. Um, so anyway, we'll be doing that. Uh, I just need to work out the timing of it, so anyway, I may, uh, I may decide to take Wednesday afternoon off and, uh, focus on my big, it's not even my TV debut, I was on, uh, what was James Mullinger's show called? Blimey! An Englishman in, uh, Atlanta, Canada. Two episodes, I think? Um, possibly three If they, I think they might have done one that had uh, that had clips from the uh, the first annual that never happened again uh, five years ago. Big uh, every comedian in New Brunswick show that happened in the uh, Saint John High School auditorium Um, hasn't happened since. That was a fun show though. There was like nine hundred people there. Uh, There was also nine hundred comedians doing short sets. Thankfully. Um, but it was a long night, but it was fun, um, and it was in alphabetical order, so I got to go on fairly early before everybody was exhausted, so that was fun. Um, but, uh, anyway, doing a TV thing for a different, um, uh, I don't even know what you call it, it's not really public access, I don't know, it's, it's on Rogers TV, which I don't even know how to watch that, I have bell cable, so, sorry Rogers, Maybe they will give me free cable forever. Um, do they still have caps on your downloads? I think that used to be a thing. That was the main reason why I switched away from Rogers, I believe. But anyway, uh, I've got that TV thing happening this week. I don't think it's live, but I'm not sure. And uh, I don't know how or when you can watch it, but uh, I, will, I will update you. Um, I don't know if I had this last week or not, but, uh, the next, uh, no jokes barred, I don't even have it as the right day in my calendar that I'm looking at, but, uh, it is not Saturday, December 17th. Um, it is going to be, uh, Thursday, December 22nd. So, uh, so you can check that out. Um, I had, uh, I had five people, uh, lined up for that um already including two people making their comedy debuts uh i've got a post up in the in the stand-up group looking for more people i haven't made my selection yet so if if you're in that group and you want a spot it's not too late i've only got three spots left to uh to assign but you know priority number one is how long ago it has been since you have done the show If you've never done the show, then that's an infinity amount of time. So you're at the top of the list. Um, And then anyway, if if there's any need for a tiebreaker, it will be based on who posted first. But anyway, if you weren't on last month, then pretty good chance that I can slide you in. Um, So uh, you can check that out. And also, um, I was uh, was back at uh, Punchlines this past weekend. Um, Arif Hussein was hosting my co-host for Four Story Walkup which is uh, a funnier podcast than this one that you should consider listening to um, it's not on campus radio uh, no chance um, <clears throat> and uh, who was it uh, Scott Falcon shoot I forget it's either Falcon Bridge or Falcon Ridge I don't remember I'm sorry uh, was the headliner I enjoyed his set uh, Justin Shaw was, uh, on tour with, uh, with the other guy. He, I, uh, his, he did well with the audience. R.F., uh, R.F. is R.F. He's my boy. And, uh, I, uh, I recall having a good set. R.F. said that I had a good set. I don't think the headliner or the other guy liked, liked me or my set very much. They didn't say anything, but... There was there was a bit of a vibe, but anyway, that's fine. But uh, how about I let you judge for yourself? I've uh, I've attempted to record some sets as of late to uh, to play on the show. Uh, I have not reviewed this one, so hopefully my memory of doing pretty good stands. Um, I already noticed that uh, I had I had the framing of the shot lined up correctly. I don't know if I bumped it when I hit record or what. So the, the composition of the shot is not ideal. And uh, hopefully uh, I didn't, in fact, bomb. Which, I mean, there's been some times where I thought that I had a good set and then I watched back the tape and not so much. But uh, this one, fairly confident. And um, so anyway... Let's, I might I might trim the ends of this, I guess, and possibly uh, put it out on the internets. But uh, you're getting it raw here on St. John Forward Radio, so uh, check that out for these next ten minutes. Um, yeah. Enjoy. All
1: right. The opening act. He runs the longest-running... Uh, open mic in this city which is all no jokes bar it's at McGills and it happens once a month. Um yeah well every third week of the third week of the month at McGills uh, him and I hold a host a
0: podcast called Full Story Walk Up he also has a show on the campus radio called St. John Forward Radio. Here he is loudest. John Forward everyone <laughs> Not applauding any of my credits. <laughs> Campus radio is a pretty big deal, you guys. I don't think you know, I'm not even a student. I just go there. <laughs> occasionally, get the sternly worded email from the station manager about something I said on the radio. But uh, anyway, I'm happy to be here back at Punchlines. I've had some uh, big changes in my life since I last been here. A couple of months ago, I got engaged. She's over there. Sorry, baby. Uh, it's, I mean, I appreciate the applause, but it's really just a formality at this point. We've been together for 16 years, and for at least 12 of those, I've just been lying to everybody and calling her my wife anyway. So technically, she's been demoted to fiancé status. I uh, i let her pick out her own engagement ring, and... Uh, she insisted on paying for half. I mean, if she wants to empower herself, I'll allow it. And I mean, it, it's a win-win, because it doubles the ring budget, and I don't mind having an extra 50 bucks in my pocket. I don't know if that makes me super progressive or just a cheap asshole. But, we
1: uh,
0: but uh, you guys notice that we're, we're less than a month away from 2023. But if you look close, on nearly every commercial, the little fine print at the bottom is still assuring us that this was filmed before COVID or that all of the COVID protocols were followed. I don't know who this is for. I just imagine some triple-masked psycho in a focus group, like,
1: why isn't there a booster shot hanging on that baby's arm right
0: now? We we just need to apologize for our shameful past of gathering. (laughs) Amongst people without hazmat suits, it's it's weird. It's got the same tone as like old TV shows where they need a new disclaimer, like because we're seeing everything through a 2022 lens. Like Disney Plus put out all the old Muppet Show episodes, and there, there's one from 1981 that Johnny Cash was on. And they had to have a little thing because he's like performing on this children's show with a confederate flag in the background. I don't know what the warning said. I haven't seen it, but I assume it's like, in 1981, we thought the confederate flag was super badass, but at some point in the last 40 years, somebody was like, slavery's bad?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: sorry about that. But I don't know. There's still no warnings at all. About Miss Piggy constantly sexually harassing her
1: <laughs>
0: fans of sexual harassment. <laughs> uh, someday we'll we'll look at all that stuff like weird. That's going to be like the Me Too Two movement. It's a sequel uh, when we decide that it goes both ways. But I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, I mean, we all we all know like like a large man being sexually aggressive with a woman, that's, that's a threat, but the other one, like a large woman being sexually aggressive with a man, well, it's not so much a threat as an option. You put that in your back pocket and see how your night works out. Nobody's really afraid for their lives. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's weird enough on the Muppet Show, but when that same dynamic gets applied to, like, the younger versions on the Muppet Babies cartoon, it's very bizarre to see Miss Piggy getting real ricky with baby Kermit. Like, there, like there's one scene where Miss Piggy has Kermit quartered in, in the crib, and she's got him pinned down, and she just tears off his little diaper and gives him a hoof job to completion. Right. That didn't actually happen. But some of you are very excited about it, and I'm happy to announce I have a Kickstarter going for Muppet Babies After Dark. We need to make this happen. As, uh, I'm uh, I'm turning 40 next week, and I, I need a little something extra to rev up my engine, so... Cartoon animal rape is what I go to. Unfortunately, uh, apologies to the ladies upstairs, but the strip club's not really cutting it for me anymore. I used to go pretty often, but I mean, right at this point in my life, the strip club is like my equivalent of the weird porno magazine hidden in the woods. Like, I have to leave the house, and it's kind of gross, and it smells funny, but it's there. I mean, I, I mean, I, am I, I, still in it for the love of the game. I think until the day that I die, I will appreciate naked boobs. But uh, there's only so many boner-free lap dances that one man can endure with his ego intact. It's, it's rough. The, la- the last few times, just no, no, no good. I've tried. I've tried to change my approach in getting lap dances. Now I have, like, I'll say no. If somebody asks me for a lap dance, usually it's just the first one that smells blood in the water and chats me up, and we go, "Yeah, Here's my wallet. But uh, now, now I'll say, when uh, I say no to a woman who wants to get naked in front of me, that feels very empowering, is not it? I don't usually have that opportunity, but uh, I'll say no because most of the time, the first one that chats me up, it's 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 one of the A cup girls. <laughs> No offense to any, I don't want to boob shame anybody, I have A-cuffs, and I've got access to a perfectly fine set of B's at home that I can touch at will, so if I'm paying for it, I kind of want an upgrade. I mean, if, if I decide to rent a car next week to go out for a birthday joyride, it will not be a smart car. But... Uh, I mean, one of the best lap dances I ever got was from, from one of the A cup girls. Like, also they have to work a little bit harder for each dollar, so they, they tend to be better at their jobs. But uh, I'm getting a solid lap dance, and I mean, no matter what else, paying twenty dollars to see inside of somebody is a hell of a deal. But but I'm enjoying myself. But there's no physical evidence that I'm enjoying myself, which is which is a bit of a problem because. You know, I, I feel affinity to the strippers because I am also a broken person who exposes myself for the uh, enjoyment of strangers. And I know as a comedian, I need that kind of feedback. Like if I say something and you guys laugh, I know that I'm doing my job right. So if she's grinding away in my lap and she's not getting any feedback in the back, she thinks she's bombing this lap dance and I feel terrible about the whole thing. So I, I try to I try to step things up a little bit. I give her a bit of a test thing. Just just a little, mostly fingers and you don't want to give like a big wind-up corker. That'll get you a stiletto on the
1: eye. But
0: just a little test. Suss it out. See ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of the time they'll be like, Harder! Harder! And now I'm like, oh, my hand's all swelled up. And that's not where I need the blood flow right now. <laughs> but a uh, couple of squats, things, things are improving. She can sense my little half chug that has started. So she's like, all right, all right. We're on, we're, on the, we're getting close to the finish line. So she spins around on my lap. She leans in. She gives me a little nibble on my earlobe. And she looks at me and she says, isn't it weird that I'm getting so turned on by this lap dance? And I said, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. (laughs) And then I came in my pants. Which is the stripper equivalent of a standing ovation. (laughs) Now, I know what you guys are wondering, and for the record, I was autistic before I got vaccinated.
1: I mean, I technically haven't been diagnosed with autism,
0: but every time I say it into a microphone, the entire room laughs in my face. So, I think that counts. Um, but uh, yeah, it's rough. I don't know. I don't know when. When us neurodivergent people, when do we become a protected class? I'm just. I'm sitting and watching my mailbox every day, waiting for my license to cancel card to come in the mail. It's. Uh, it, no, nobody cares about us, though. I mean. I, I, got a, I got a little bit of a taste of it a little while ago. I went to the bar and ran into a guy, and he was like, oh, look at these new glasses I bought. And they, were, like, they didn't even have lenses. They were just like fashion glasses. And I looked at him, and I was like, you know, to somebody who has an actual visual impairment, what you're doing is basically blackface. And I don't appreciate that. And he was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And I was just joking, but I'll be honest, it was fucking tasty. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to the day where I can walk around with impunity, just slapping Rubik's cubes out of people's hands for cultural appropriation. Anyway, my name is John Forward. Don't stand up. One more time. My friend <laughs> you put John and I together,
1: we just both look, <laughs> we both look like different kinds of problems
0: on the internet. Hello there and welcome back. So uh not too bad, not too bad. Um hang on a second. Uh yeah, so anyway, I'm ha- I'm mostly happy with that. Of course, I know where all the the mistakes are. There's a couple of times where I've had a, a couplet of lines that I delivered in kind of the wrong order. Uh, don't feel like I uh, closed super strongly. I gotta save the the It's Tasty line for the end of that bit, I think. Rubik's Cube was originally earlier, but I moved it around, and that was a bad decision. But... Uh, not too bad. The, uh, I don't know what it is about the lighting. The lighting looks much better in person, but whenever I try to film myself at punchlines with my phone, it looks like the it's flickering and it kept getting like super, uh, overexposed. Um, I just kept turning into a, uh, a pale ass mrf'er. And, uh, anyway, uh, but anyway. And that's the other thing. I've 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 also noticed my it's it's not as bad. I think I only threw out uh, maybe three or four like 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 like. That's a bad habit of mine. I probably do it on the radio a lot more. I also do, uh, but uh... several times. I I also do. I mean, as those are just those are just little filler phrases that are. Unnecessary, but uh, overall, I just I just gave you guys another but uh, but uh, not 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 a bad showing overall. I feel like it went well. There was uh, there was a couple of meatheads that talked throughout the rest of the show, um, and but they said that they liked my set. So big up to the annoying meatheads that don't know how to be quiet at a comedy show. Uh, I'm not sure if they left at one point or if they were removed. Anyway. So let's, uh, let's take a musical break and then we'll get into uh, to some other stuff. Uh, let's, let's, show, let's throw the old uh, Facebook... Or let's play the... Uh, let's go and shuffle and just see what we get. <laughs> Presumptuous by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. On St. John's, so presumptuous
1: radio.
2: with tongue and cheek. So presumptuous, they let on me. So presumptuous, falling at your feet. So presumptuous, don't agree with your negativity. Exhaling my stepping stones. Spirits at the crossroads The world we build is on a tilt
0: And we're back here on St. John Forward Radio. The end of that song caught up. Uh, came up real quick on me. I wasn't quite ready for it, and I deeply apologize for that. But uh, you just heard King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard with uh, Presumptuous. Uh, that's a band I really like, They, but they seem to release a new album every two months. It's uh, It's a lot to keep up with. And uh, they're they're kind of all over the place musically. Some of them are kind of jazzy little numbers like that one. Some of them are like full-on stoner metal. Um, and, you know, there's all sorts of other other things in between. Um, I almost always like it, though. So, anyway, you can check out King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard if, uh, if you enjoyed that. Even if you didn't, you might like some other songs by them. Um, so... <clears throat> this is a good time to remind you that uh, you are listening to St. John Forward Radio on local 107.3 FM. CFMH, I think, is the call numbers, uh, letters. So, check that out. Um, I guess the uh, the next thing that I, I wanted to discuss is... Uh, I mentioned uh, last week how the uh, the the emergencies uh, the emergencies act um, investigation uh, was uh, was wrapping up. We uh, we still haven't gotten a uh, a report yet. I think that's due by February. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to checking that one out. Um, I don't know how long this thing is going to be, but, uh, I will take the time to, uh, to read it. And, um, in the meantime, um, like, the computer is really having a hard time, uh, between stuff. I've got a comment that I want to get to. I got several comments I wanted to get to, but, uh, swapping between things is, uh, is a bit of a struggle uh, so I was going to talk about it. I'm not going to read every word of uh, oh, oh we're just getting bought comments um, oh look at this new site with hot girls thank you 18 sex XYZ um, so, anyway, apologize, that was not worth the, uh, the interruption. So, uh, I noticed this today, this is from, uh, from CBC, they put out an article called, uh, Most Canadians Back Invocation of the Emergencies Act During the Freedom Convoy Protests, according to Nanos, and, uh, so, I mean, this... <sighs> This isn't, let me just read the first paragraph. So, as the inquiry into the federal government's decision to use the Emergencies Act during the Freedom Convoy protest nears the finish line, a new survey has found that two in three Canadians say they support, at least to some degree, the invocation of the act. More than 1,000 Canadians were asked about their thoughts on the Emergencies Act in a survey conducted by Nanos Research in the days after Prime Minister Justin Trudeau took the stand at the inquiry. Of the respondents, 48% said that they support the use of the Emergencies Act, while 18% said that they somewhat support the decision. So... I mean, I I don't. There, my, there I go. I'm dropping another. I mean, as a filler. I am not surprised that a lot of people support this. Mostly just because of the way that it's being covered by uh, by organizations such as the CTV. Um, I think I mentioned this before, but uh, my my dear wife slash actually fiance May. Uh, heard somebody else say on a different podcast, so anyway, I'm repeating third-hand information here, that uh, most most people, and I, I think this makes sense, most people support the result of the Emergencies Act. I know there's a lot of people that, that didn't like that the convoy was there and the honking and etc. Um, I mean, yes, super annoying for the people there, but the question is not really being framed. I mean, the question of the inquiry is supposed to be, should this thing have been used? And uh, there's, there's some pretty specific uh, criteria for how it's supposed to be used. Uh, back in February, I did a show on this where I kind of went through it and laid out some of the... Uh, the potential basically it needs to be like a threat to Canadian security and no other possible laws could be used to uh to clear things up which uh I do not think that that case was made but that's not really how it's being framed in the uh, in the media and I think that certainly taints the poll results um I mean, they, they might as well have asked, uh, are you glad that the honking was stopped by any means? And most people, I think, would say yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of unfortunate how it's being covered. Uh, it's, it's being covered, I think, most of... I haven't seen one single argument made by anybody that any of the criteria for, uh, for the Emergencies Act were met. Um, mostly it's just been at best, anybody that is on this, on the, uh, the pro emergencies act side has just talked about, you know, how annoying it was for the residents. There's lots of, uh, there's lots of hearsay. There's lots of, uh, uh, they, they bring up, uh, stuff that has been thoroughly debunked, um, at least once or twice. Somebody brought up the, uh, the kids that set that fire in the, uh, in the, in the um, what's the word? The apartment lobby, which turns out, surprise, had nothing to do with the convoy. And if it did, those were it. It did not. But even if it did, like two two bad apples, I guess might be enough to spoil the bunch. But overall, I think by really any standard, this was uh, this was technically. A peaceful protest, certainly, certainly by miles for the uh, the modern definition of that term. So bre- breaking down the results, we've got forty eight percent support. So full on, nearly fifty percent of everybody is one hundred percent on board with the emergencies act as a response to the convoy. Eighteen percent sort of support it uh only 23 full-on oppose it and seven somewhat and and four percent are unsure so again this is this is the argument that everybody uses if they if there's a poll result that they don't like everybody questions and blames it on bots and all that stuff like the uh I'm not gonna get into it but the various, Elon Musk uh, Twitter polls that he's put up to uh, to inform certain policies. Of course, everybody's like, "Oh, it's all bots. It's all bots." Everybody that doesn't agree with me is a bot. And uh, th- the same thing. I have seen. I don't know if it was specifically CTV, but uh, I've I've seen I've seen just regular Twitter polls go up for stuff such as do you support the use of the Emergencies Act in response to the Freedom Convoy? Possibly by CBC, possibly by others. And anytime that I see that it's generally 75% of the people are on my side on on these on these various things. Or I guess I I agree with 75% of them. So of course I want to trust those ones. But everybody's like, oh no, it's bots, it's bots, it's it's all bots. Um, which I, I don't think is a great argument, but, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know why I, I'm more trustworthy of a Twitter poll that, and again, that's, that's all, that's also skewed by who follows Elon Musk, although I suspect that, uh, that his posts are probably very favored by the, uh, the algorithm. So people that don't follow him may also see his stuff come up in your feed. <clears throat> i do follow elon um i and i'd like to apologize on behalf of my family for following elon musk on twitter but uh and again i don't know much about the nanos uh, organization but this was done like through phone polling and uh, just randomly selecting people online uh, I th- I think polling in general, especially that kind of thing, like just imagine the type of person who gets one of those phone calls and is like, "Oh yes, I would love to participate in your poll." And the same thing online. I don't know how they how they spread the online ones. If that's if it's an email, or I have no idea how that works. Or if or if it's just some sort of if it works like an ad on social media where it targets you with. I don't, I don't know how it works. But um, I'm trying to be better at this. I try because I, I don't feel like these polls are representative because the, the self-selecting group of people who is willing to answer these questions is probably not uh, a good cross-section of society. Um, they tend to be older people, which I'm not, I'm not sure how the lines are drawn. I don't know. Are the oldies into the Freedom Convoy? I know a lot of old people are conservatives, and I think conservatives, many of which are supporters of the Freedom Convoy, but uh, I don't know. I imagine old people don't like honking, but their hearing is worse, so maybe the honking is more tolerable, so I'm not really sure. But uh, I... I just hung up on somebody who called to do some sort of survey this past weekend. I really shouldn't do that, because I don't know. If, if more people that had... I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, feel, I feel like I should add my unusual voice so that I can add an extra 0.01% to the... Uh, to the... I don't know. Stop doing whatever you're doing, government option of whatever the poll is. But, um, I don't know. The, the way that this is set up, and ap- apparently it says that uh, Atlantic Canada, it had the, the most support, like 74.6% that they support or somewhat support the decision. Uh, I mean, most of the, most of the people that I talk to around here, Uh, well, I don't know about most, so I mean, 75% seems high, but who knows? Uh, Quebec has like 73 something. The biggest opposition was the prairies or 43.7% said that they oppose or somewhat oppose. Um, that, that number seems low for the prairies. Um, but it's, it's really hard to get a, get a bead on. On where people really are, because before the convoy, honestly, and especially based on the last election results, where absolutely nothing changed, me going about my day, I thought that everybody had lost their minds and that absolutely nobody was at all concerned about any of the uh, the COVID response. But when the convoy happened. All of the, um, you know, the fringe minorities came out of the, uh, scurried out of their little hidey holes and went out on the highway and were holding up signs and stuff. It kind of, it made me feel like there were more good guys and gals and etc. than I thought that there was. Um, so, I don't know, the, this, is, this is not what I would have guessed, the percentage breakdown would be, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much I trust a poll of a thousand people. That is, I don't know, a better way to conduct a poll. I don't know if, I don't think a Twitter poll is necessarily representative either. That's skewed a certain way. Uh, There are plenty of, we should be doing what China is doing type people that I see on Twitter, but that's, the algorithm is showing me that stuff. I don't follow them just because I can't I can't help but uh, click on it and look at the comments on those ones. Uh, So, just, but looking at some of the other questions that were attached to this poll, like, Canadians divided on preparedness for another convoy-style protest. So, in the same poll where you're asking if the emergence, I mean, support for the convoy there's certainly some overlap in the Venn diagram, but uh, support for the convoy and support for the Emergencies Act should not be the exact same thing. Uh, you can be against the convoy, or sorry, you you can you can be against the convoy and against the Emergencies Act because there's there's a specific circumstance. The Emergencies Act is not for shutting down whatever you personally don't like. So, but the way that they, they seem to have set this up, if they're also asking about the Emergencies Act, and then they're also asking, are we prepared for another convoy-style protest? The, the default seems to be that if there's another protest, obviously for us to be prepared, we need to shut it down so framing the question that way are we prepared it's it's already built in that this is a bad thing that needs to be stopped um, it, it talks a little bit about one of the organizers made a Facebook post saying that hey we should do a freedom convoy 2.0 in 2023 uh, I I don't know how serious of a of a claim that is or I really don't Think anybody's showing up for it? There's still problems with with the COVID stuff, pretty much all at the federal level, and who knows what's coming down the down the pike. But uh, I don't think there'd be as much energy to go and have your bank account shut down and to be vilified by the media. So I uh, don't think that's that's going to happen. So anyway, I I just. That's an interesting result, but I'm I'm taking it with a grain of salt because it it doesn't make sense to me, and I don't I don't know I don't really trust on average the type of people that would participate in this. But uh, there's also um, another poll that uh, that I saw by the CTV. Um, hang on, uh, like a month ago that uh, that I never brought up. That was uh, similarly based on a poll telling us that um, everybody also wants the face mask mandate to come back, which uh, that one I find even more dubious than the support for the Emergencies Act. Because uh, the Emergencies Act is is complicated, and it's not um, 100% want the internet connection is having a real hard time here. Uh, this this one is insane. Uh, so majority of Canadians support return of face masks in indoor public spaces if deemed necessary, according to survey. So first off, they're baking right into it. Do you support the return of face masks uh, inside, if deemed necessary, by officials? Which is kind of a loaded question. Do you support doing the thing that all of the smart people say is necessary? Uh, That, I don't know. That that seems that seems wild, um, and the fact that fifty two percent fully support it, and seventeen somewhat, like the, these are bigger numbers than even the Emergencies Act, and I don't believe this for one second. Um, mostly based on my own casual polling data of walking around on planet Earth, and. There is very much not. Um, what, what is this? Fifty-two and seventeen. What does that add up to? That's uh, fifty-nine. 70. I don't know. Seventy percent. Seventy percent of people are not wearing masks right now. I would say maybe this eight percent. Eight percent. I think might be a good on a, on, you know, let's, let's say 10%. I think that that's probably more. That I see people walking around with their masks on. And I, I don't understand the type of person who is pro-mandate, but also I'm not wearing one unless they tell me to. That seems like a weird person um i don't know what else to say about it so i I mean the and the idea that i guess maybe there might be somebody that's like well the experts aren't telling me to now so i guess it's not necessary i mean every everybody all of the news are talking about everybody getting sick and there's articles like this saying that everybody loves masks this seems to be trying to just convince everybody that public opinion is going in this direction and they seem to be trying to will it into existence um, I just uh, I, I don't buy it um, so I don't know if you are a person who supports a mask mandate but isn't wearing a mask voluntarily I would like to hear from you so because I you are a person that doesn't make any sense to me um but uh let's you know what let's let's close it out i don't know hopefully we don't run out of time but uh douglas murray was in a who's an author that i enjoy he uh was recently in a debate and the topic of the debate was do not trust the mainstream media the whole thing is like an hour and 40 minutes long but uh, i'm just gonna play you uh douglas murray's opening comments which uh, I think are um, pretty good and uh, relevant to the, um, the topic at hand. So if this is ever going to load, then we can listen to Douglas Murray, author of, uh, of, of books such as The Madness of Crowds, which uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. His more recent book, I think it's called War on the West. It was fine. I didn't like it as much, though. But uh, anyway... Let's check this out.
3: Well, thank you very much, Rudyard. Um, thank you. It's, it's a great pleasure to be here, as Rudyard said. I've come a rather long way from the front lines of the Ukraine conflict, because I like to see these things with my own eyes for myself and to come to my own conclusions. I came out through Moldova the other day, through London, and then got to Toronto. And a friend of mine said, why are you going to Toronto? I said, an invitation to Toronto in late November? Who on Earth says no to that? Only a madman would say no to that. Uh, You'll see shortly why I'm so keen to speak about this issue here in Canada. Let me put it this way, though, to begin with. Um, I would say in recent years any sentient observer of the media will have had their moment of realization, a moment where they saw through something that the mainstream media was doing. It may have happened because the mainstream media, media said something about you or someone you know. It may be, as in my case, for instance, that an entire country got maligned by the mainstream media. It's very interesting, this result. It was a 48-52. That's exactly the result that the British people had in the Brexit vote. Um, <clears throat> you know what? Um, the, when we voted to leave the European Union, w- we did so against all of the implications of the New York Times, Michelle's employer. We just didn't listen to them. And, <clears throat> and uh, the New York Times never forgave us. Ever since 2016, there has not been one story in the New York Times that's positive about Britain. We have had, and I'll run through some of them, we had a culinary review that said that the British people still survive on mutton and oatmeal. (laughs) We had an anti-Brexit piece from the north of England, from Lancashire, a piece of reporting, where the author ended up having to admit that every single one of his facts was wrong, but his perception was correct. We had uh, recently the New York Times drafted in somebody from Russia today, Vladimir Putin's propaganda channel, as an employee of the New York Times, to attack Brexit Britain. And when Her Majesty the Queen died, not ten days of mourning was observed at the New York Times, three hours before they started attacking the Queen. And they did so day after day after day, because they hate Brexit Britain. That is just an agenda, ladies and gentlemen. That's not anything else. That's an agenda, one they've decided to take. Now, I said that I want to be here in Canada to talk about this because I think that this country has just been through something absolutely extraordinary. You really know that the world is in trouble when Canada becomes very interesting. I remember when your elections, as Norm Macdonald said, were all about like, should we put up that bridge or not? Uh, Now Canada has become really interesting. It became interesting in January and February of this year. Why? Because you had protesters in Ottawa. Really interesting when people come out in large numbers. And you know what the job of reporters is? The job of reporters is to go out and say, why are you on the streets? What brought you here? Why are you here with your kids? Why have you got a bouncy castle in the middle of Ottawa? That's a bit strange. Ask them questions, just find out the story. But you know what? The government didn't want that in Canada. Your prime minister decided in advance that these people were, oh, what did he do? All the modern uh, excommunications. They were Nazis, they were white supremacists, they were anti Semites, they were probably homophobes, they were misogynists, they were probably transphobes, etc., etc., etc. He did all the things you do in the modern political age if you want to just defenestrate somebody who's awkward to you. And then he brings in the Emergency Powers Act. Now, at such a time, what would the mainstream media do? It would question it. It would question it. The Canadian mainstream media did not. The Canadian mainstream media acted as an amen chorus of the Canadian government. I will give you a couple of examples. But... Ladies and gentlemen, I could go on for hours with examples of this. You had a CBC host describing the Freedom Convoy as a, quote, feral mob. You had a Toronto Star columnist saying, quote, sorry for the language, it's a homegrown hate farm that was then jet fueled by an American right funded rat fucking operation. Jesus, they can't even write at these papers anymore. CBC said that two indigenous women who were so scared to go outside in Ottawa because of racist violence didn't bother to mention that indigenous drummers had led the truckers in an O Canada rendition. The National Observer said that the many black and indigenous Freedom Convoy supporters were in fact duped by the truckers. The Globe and Mail reporter said, my 13-year-old son told me to tell protesters I'm not a Jew out of fear of anti-Semitic violence without mentioning that one of the leaders of the convoy was himself Jewish. Now, why is this so rancid? Utterly, utterly rancid and corrupt. Because in this country, your media, your mainstream media, is funded by the government. <clears throat> A totally corrupted system. In 2018, oh, election year, coincidence. The Canadian media has given $595 million over five years. The Toronto Star estimated it was going to be getting $3 million from the government in the first half of the year. It went on and on. So you see, the mainstream, the government in Canada can tell people to, to, they can tell the banks to shut down people's bank accounts. Oh, yeah. Your government can do that. And if you're happy with that, just think about what would happen if the shoe was on the other foot. The government can do that. But in Canada, they can also tell the media what to do and the media does the bidding of the, can- of the Canadian government. That isn't a free society's media. That's, I've seen unfree countries all my life. But this, in a developed liberal democracy like Canada, is a disgrace. We're not saying don't read the mainstream media. We're just saying don't trust them.
0: <laughs> Douglas Murray, spit and fire, so anyway... Um, RF sent that to me. I don't know how uh, how you find it. Uh, he sent me a Vimeo leak, which I will uh, I'll put in the uh, the description for the show by Wednesday. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, so he can check that out. I I think if uh, if that's the sort of thing that you're excuse me you're interested in, I suggest you watch the whole thing. Um, joining Douglas on the side of. Uh, team don't trust the media is Matt Taibbi who I'm not super familiar with I guess he used to work for Rolling Stone he is the guy that uh that Elon Musk handed off the uh the Twitter files and he's he's the one that kind of um released that with some commentary uh on the uh we love the media side which I did not find made very compelling arguments is Malcolm Gladwell, who I read one of his books and liked it. I, I kind of know his name and the other lady, I forget what her name is. Um, I've Michelle, Michelle something. I'm not sure. Um, I was not familiar with, with her before this. And that should not be interpreted as a slight against her. Although, um, her own performance at, this uh, this particular debate it was enough of a slight against her for that to count. But uh, anyway, same as with the, uh, the Emergencies Act, the other side did not make any good points. They made lots of appeals to emotion, and lots of straw men were tossed out. Um, all of all of the tricks and uh, and again like like D- like Douglas Murray said there we're not nobody's saying that you should not read the mainstream media just that you shouldn't trust them so anyway that's uh, this computer I right? was having a real hard time I don't know how good the stream is um, but anyway we're going to end the show there let's uh, let's rock the uh, the outro and then um, maybe I'll uh, play a song or something to uh, to bleed out the time. I'm just trying to uh, scroll to get to the the end titles, but the computer's having a hard time. But anyway, this has been St. John Forward Radio. Thank you for watching or listening or both. Anytime now. Come on come on just waiting for the end titles to go it should be happening any moment now uh, so yeah anyway check out no jokes barred December 22nd at McGill's um, what is happening here this is not going well uh, let's um, alright never mind let's just uh, play us out with some music oh great Something's gone wrong with Spotify too. This whole thing is a mess. Um, let's try the end titles one more time. Come on.